Let's get into the message today. We're, we're uh, one week away from concluding God's kingdom and um, talking about how uh, we are kind of in a tug of war. We're in between two kingdoms here, aren't we? And I want to catch us up since the last couple weeks that, um, you know, George was here, then Pastor Matt spoke last uh, Sunday, so I want to kind of get us back. But we have the kingdom of God. We have the kingdom of heaven. You read about that in the New Testament a lot. Jesus mentions that a lot. Uh, in his teaching. Of course, we also know that there's a kingdom of darkness too, right? And um, the way God intended things was not to have a kingdom of darkness at all. That was never his intent. However, we know that Satan made the decision that he made. He, the Bible says that he wanted to be like God. And so he sinned in doing that. He was cast out of heaven. And then we understand that uh, in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve made the decision that they were going to to disobey what God had said, intentionally disobey what God said. And so they took of the fruit that uh, he told them not to partake of, and uh, that set the whole sin thing in motion. And ever since then, there's been this battle between dark and light, between God and between Satan, between good and between evil. And uh, we face that on a daily basis, don't we? You know, we want to do the right thing, but we don't always do the right thing. We uh, set out the day thinking, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do whatever you've asked me to do. I'm going I'm to do things that please you today. And then by 9 a.m., by 8 a.m., sometimes by 6 a.m., we just roll out of bed. And um, you know, things are kind of derailed at that moment because of this battle that goes on. By the way, next week... Oh, it's going to be good. We're talking about inner conflict even, and which results in external conflict, doesn't it? Um, but we're going to be talking about that next week because this whole conflict between good and evil that goes on externally and internally as well. So we're going to give some keys uh, on how to, to work with that uh, beginning next week. We've also talked about how authority can be a very good thing or it can be a bad thing. When used properly, authority grants access. It helps others. It represents a higher authority. Um, but when it comes to authority, we have to be under God's control, right? As an authority in my home, um, that's not meant for me to have people waiting on me and having the great, you know, feathers. So when I'm watching live PD eating my popcorn, that they're fanning me, making sure that's not the intent at all of what authority is, whether that be in your home, a church, a workplace, whatever it may be. Um, that's not the whole goal of that. So do you remember the week that we had Neely up here and we had uh, her dad, Clint, and we had Luke and we put Neely in the middle and I said, all right, one, Luke, you grab one arm, Clint, you grab the other arm, now pull, and on the count of three. And so Neely was smiling the whole time just because that's what she does, she smiles, but, and they actually didn't pull. She still has all of her limbs intact and everything. But we can feel like that, the pull between the two sides, can't we, just even within our own spirit. Well, um, so that's where we are. Well, today, I want to talk about God's people. If you are God's people, raise your hand. If you're a believer, then you are God's people. You're God's people. Well, these two kingdoms here, we, we feel the pull. How did it happen? We've gone through all of this, and, and we understand that God created our world. He created our world to be good and to have a purpose. He created you to have a purpose, as a matter of fact. Um, and so we understand that when he placed Adam and Eve here on the earth, he told them, you guys have dominion over the earth and you steward it. And so that's what they began to do. And as I was just talking about um, just a few moments ago, that's what Adam and Eve began to do. By the way, God intended for us to have dominion over the earth, not over, over people. 
we're not to be dominant over one another. That's not what uh, God had intended in all of this because we don't dominate other humans. He gave Adam and Eve dominion over everything. I want to take us back to Genesis just for a moment in the story. He gave Adam and Eve dominion over everything except for the tree of good and evil and the tree of life. Now, as you read through Genesis, the first uh, three chapters there, you began to read about this. And there's this whole tree of good and evil. There's this whole tree of life and, and what were their purpose. Their only limitation were the fruit of these two trees. You can have the thousands of other fruit trees in the garden, but not these two is what God told them. So the kingdom of evil tempted Adam and Eve to break this kingdom rule. By the way, we face this today. There's temptations that we have, right? Ultimately, Adam and Eve gave authority over the Satan because of their sin, and we, we do this today because hasn't Jesus done this? He's given us authority. Whatever we bind on earth would be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we have this authority that God has given us, but we can hand that authority back in the sense of this when we choose to sin. Satan has no authority over us except for when we allow it through sin. You know the old saying that says, um, the devil can't make you do, uh, the devil made me do it? Here's the reality. The devil can't make you do anything. We choose to. Can he tempt you? Oh yeah, he can. Can he put things in front of you that will cause you to sin? Yes, he can do all of that. But he can't make you do anything. We choose to do that. So why did God, as you go through the story, why did God kick Adam and Eve out of the garden? You know, God was not mad at Adam and Eve. He was disappointed, I'm sure, because they chose to sin. He wasn't mad at them. That's not why he kicked them out of the garden. He wasn't cutting them out of the will. That wasn't his intent in all of this. In fact, if you'll look and just write this down, we're not going to turn there, but Genesis 3, verses 20 through 23, God loved them and he was protecting them. That's why he kicked them out of the garden, because had they then eaten from the tree of life, they would have lived eternally in sin. For eternity in sin. That was the tree of life. They would have lived forever. We know that sin brought death. But then, G then God introduced his son Jesus in human form to the earth and human in flesh to the earth to where he could take that sin away from us as we confess our sin to him. And he says that now death has no more rule over you. Physically, yes, absolutely. It is appointed to man once to die, but not for eternity because of the blood of Jesus Christ. See, God had a plan all along. But he said, you know what? This is why I've got to, you know, you guys have got to leave this garden. But thank God that, Jesus, that, that God the Father sent the Redeemer, Jesus. So we know that Jesus came fully as fully God, and he came uh, as fully human. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He died on the cross. He redeemed man's sin. We sang about that this morning. Uh, by doing this, he did not get rid of sa Satan's kingdom, though. Satan still has a kingdom, doesn't he? He still is pulling you. He is still pulling me. Here's the promise that we have. The end to Satan's kingdom and rule is coming ultimately, though. There is coming a time where that, that will happen. Uh, the Bible tells us plainly about that. He took back the authority, Jesus did, and he gave that kingdom to us. And yes, there's still a war and a battlefield. There's a clash of kingdoms that we experience now. But that is because God is being patient so that sinners can come into his kingdom. 
You ever ask that question? God, with everything going on in the world, why don't you just come back? Well, the Bible tells us that, Jesus, that the, uh, the Father is being patient so that people who don't know Jesus can come into his kingdom. That's why we're going to Crown Colony, because there are people there who don't know Jesus and they need to hear about the love of God. That's why we're sending missionaries onto the mission field, because there are people out there who need to hear the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ and repent. God is being patient. Thank God for his patience with us um, in all of that. So those who have received Christ have come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Uh, this is a scripture, by the way, I'm going to have you turn some places in just a few moments. I'm kind of getting through this introduction here um, with 1 Peter 2.9. If you want to write that down, 1 Peter 2.9, we've read this throughout this series too. It says, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I got to ask, is anybody out here, have you been called out of darkness? We have been. And not just out of something, but into something. We were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Because again, there is a world out there that does not know Jesus that is going to hell that will suffer an eternal death because of and suffering because of the fact that they did not choose Jesus. But God said, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. And here's the reason why. So that you can show others the goodness of God. When we leave Abundant Life Foursquare Church today at 15 after, whatever time we get out of here, we have an opportunity to show God's love to the world. When you go to the restaurant today, to show love to your server. When you go to the grocery store, to show love to the person at the checkout. When you go home, to show love to your family. He called us out of darkness. Out of means we don't go back. Out of means we strive to keep from sin. We placed our faith in him and we have stepped out of that darkness. Last week, Pastor Matt talked about repent and believe, didn't he? There's a whole thing of you repent. It, it may be just a degree change. Either way, you're no longer heading for that sin any longer. So let's talk about our identity this morning. Uh, just bouncing off of 1 Peter 2, 9, where it says you're a chosen, uh, chosen people, royal priest, holy nation, God's own possession. I want today to be a reminder of who God says you are. I want today to be a reminder of the purposes and the plans that God has for you because we can doubt that at times, can't we? Am I the only one you kind of doubt? Lord, uh, are you sure? Send somebody else to do it. I want to remind you today of who God has called you to be. So let's talk about this. The first one is one of the songs that we sang today, Good, Good Father. First of all, you are loved by God. Can you do something cheesy here with me for a moment? It's cheesy, but yet it's very profound. You just tell the person near you that God loves you. Like, don't whisper it. Like, say it loud. I want to hear. There you go. Yeah. There is nothing that you have said, done, or thought that changes that fact. Whether it's been over the last couple hours, last couple days, last couple months, last couple of years, a lifetime... There is nothing that changes God's love for you. He loves you, doesn't he? 
And the crazy thing about all of this, God knows everything about me. God knows everything about you, and he still loves you. That's love. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I want us to look in uh, verse 35. We're going to read Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through verse 39. Very famous verse, well-known verse, often quoted verse, verses. Romans 8, chapter 35 through 39. This is one of those you want to highlight in your Bible too, underline in your Bible as well. Uh, that way you can see it every time you open it or pass these pages. Verse 35 of Romans 8 says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry and destitute and despair or threatened with death? As scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Nope. Despite all these things, actually it doesn't say nope, it says no. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Can you read that with me? I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the one who went to the cross and who took your place of punishment and death, took your sin that's love. You can't do enough good and you can't do enough bad to change his love because he loves you. God loves you. Now, yes, absolutely, we want to do our best to please God. We want to sin less, don't we? Absolutely. But the thing is, God loves you and he knows all about you. He knows every thought. He knows everything. And yet, he still loves you. That's good news. Secondly, you are chosen by God. Romans 5.8 tells us, while you were a sinner, he died for you. That last thing was talking about, you know, obviously as believers, there's nothing you can do that will cause God to not love you, uh, your sins, all these things. We repent. He still loves us, right? He offers forgiveness. But this right here in Romans 5.8 says, while you were a sinner, he died for you. That's love, isn't it? That's love as well. But you are chosen by God. Now, if you're like me, you've been overlooked for jobs, promotions, sports teams, uh, this, that, the other. You've been overlooked for some things, right? I'm not the only one, am I? You've been overlooked for, uh, for some things. I was just talking to somebody earlier today, and they were talking about a job that they had that fell through, and then all of a sudden, uh, now here, there's another job that opened up for them. So it's kind of that whole thing of, well, I thought I had it, but then I didn't, and then God opened something else. We've all been overlooked for things, but you know, God doesn't do that. In fact, God told the people in Jeremiah chapter 29 that he knew the plans that he had for them. Now, this was a group of people who had been sinning against God, who had been disobeying God, and yet God saw their future. He said, look, here's the thing, you know, choose 
choose who you're going to serve. He kind of went through all of these type of things and, um, you know, assured the people and all of that. But God was not overlooking them. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. And it's for good, not for evil. How often have we felt abandoned because we felt that God didn't open a door, a promotion, a job offer, a relationship, an opportunity, a blessing for me? When in reality, his plan was of another direction the whole time that had a different purpose than what I even thought could happen through a situation. You are chosen by God. Maybe not necessarily you won't see what you were hoping for, but what God has for you can be so much better because you're chosen by God. If an opportunity falls through, sure, we're going to be disappointed. Sure, we're going to be dejected a little bit. But then allow your focus to remind yourself, allow your spirit to remind yourself that I am chosen by God and just because this fell through or I feel overlooked in this area, God has something else that's intended because God has purpose for his people. He knows your path. That's comforting, isn't it? Thirdly, you have access to God. Thank God for this one. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor to have a relationship with Jesus, right? I'm so glad I don't have to have a go-between, right? Because there's times when I'm, uh, you know, say, for example, I'm going to be in, in the air today for about five hours, five and a half, however long it takes to get there. I'm not going to have phone access. What if you needed to talk to God, but the only way you could do that was to go through me? You'd have to wait for five hours. So sorry. Aren't you glad that God has given you access to pray to him? Right? When Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple that only allowed the priest to enter the Holy of Holies was torn in two. Here's something we need to understand. In the Old Testament, that was how you communicated to God. To enter into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. It was the, it was the, the priest who went in, who made, who made sacrifices, who made offerings on your behalf. But Hebrews 4.16 tells us that we can boldly approach God's throne of grace. And that's even in those moments where it's, God, I'm coming to you because I need to repent. He's given us access to come into his throne. Do you need to talk to God? Don't be scared. Come in in humility, yes. Come in with a heart of repentance, yes. But he is your father and he loves you and he has given you access. You know, I don't treat my kids like this, right? To where if they want to ask me for something or they want to talk to me about something, you know, they don't have to come into the room and kiss the ring. And I grant them permission, you may speak now, son. Although sometimes that would be good. Am I right, <laughs> parents? <laughs> like, just be quiet for a little bit, please. No. They have access to their dad. God is a good father, and he has given you access. Number four, you are cleansed by God. Praise the Lord for that. Turn with me to 1 John uh, chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 7 
with the point you are cleansed by God. It says, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's a whole lot in that verse. It's talking about fellowship. It's um, talking about not practicing darkness um, or not practicing the, the truth just before that. It talks about the people who were living like that. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You are cleansed by God. Here's the question. What if I sin after getting saved? Anybody sinned after getting... No, you don't have to raise your hand. You can't actually because we all have. What if I sin after getting saved? You will. Okay, we, we understand that. But you are still righteous because of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about this a little bit more next week. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, but I do want to say that. You are still righteous because of Christ. Why is that? Because we were saved by faith and we didn't get into heaven based upon our works. None of us have earned salvation. It's only by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, the bad things we do won't get us kicked out of heaven, right? Now, obviously, what does sin do? It lessens that fellowship with God, doesn't it, until we repent. But it doesn't get us kicked out of heaven. You know, I've had people ask before, what if I'm sinning at the very moment that Jesus returns for, for his church? There'll probably be a lot of Christians who are sinning the moment Jesus returns for his church. But we're not saved by works, so we're not going to get kicked out. The reason that we are righteous is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have made that transition taking on his blood, taking on the fact that he has cleansed us from all sin, right? So you're not saved by works, and so you're not going to lose your salvation that way either. Uh, I think we'll see this next week. No, we're going to see it right now here in just a few moments. Um, <laughs> however, we can apostatize or willfully choose to reject him. How can I say that? Back that up with scripture, David. All right, here we go. Hebrews 10, verses 26 through 31. If you want to write that down, I'm going to read verse 26 to you here. Um, but there is a way that even though we're cleansed by God, we can turn our backs on him. Verse 26 in Hebrews 10 says, If we, our dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that cover these sins. That's talking about a deliberate, willful rejection of Jesus Christ and turning back to sin. Not one of these, oops, here I go again, I, I did it again. This is talking about a willful rejection of the blood of Jesus Christ having known what he's done for you, right? That's what that's talking about. However, for believers, we are cleansed by God. And I'm thankful for that. So again, back to Pastor Matt's message last week. In those moments, we repent and then we move forward. God, I've sinned at this moment and I thank you for the blood of Jesus. God, will you help me by your Holy Spirit that, that I don't keep getting trapped by that sin? And thank God we're cleansed by Jesus. Number five, you are set free by God. I just heard my pastor, Dale Jenkins, recently say this. He said, there are some believers who are saved, but not yet set free. Yeah, 
Let me say that again. There are some believers who are saved but not yet set free. As a matter of fact, I would say there's a pretty large portion. There's things that I'm not set free of yet. You know, a, a war that goes on in my mind, in my thinking. Um, maybe things that I'm not e- hasn't even been revealed to me yet, you know. There could be those things that, that happen there. But there are some believers who are saved but not yet set free. You can be set free from addiction, from hurt, from sorrow, and from bondage. Are there those who choose to live in this forever? Yeah, we've seen it, haven't we? Maybe you've even experienced it in your own family or within your own self. But the Bible says this, if the Son sets you free, then you are truly free. That's a good scripture to quote. If you're facing bondage in your life and you can't seem to break out of this, If the Son has set you free, then you are free indeed. Begin to quote that scripture. Get that into your heart. Get that into your mind. Seek counsel if you need it. But if you have set free, if if the Son has set you free, then you are truly free. So Lord, will you reveal that in my life? Remember who you are. You are in Christ. The last time we were in this series, we talked about authority in the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes being set free means that we must unlock the chain. Because the Bible says, whatever you loose, whatever you loose. So sometimes we are the ones holding the key and the lock is right there in front of us with the chains that are binding us. Because Christ has already made the provision for you to be free. He's already made that provision. It's not something, Lord, I hope will you free. He's already set you free, but sometimes we have to, I got to get rid of that bondage. I got to get rid of this sin. I got to get rid of these thoughts. We'll hit on that again next week. See, man, yesterday I was studying for this and I want to speak so much about that, but I have to wait till next week. Come next week, it's going to be great. Number six, you are protected by God. You will walk through difficult times. Can I get a witness on that? (laughs) We've walked through difficult times, haven't we? Matter of fact, David in Psalm 23, I want to read this out of the New King James Version. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Okay, David, man of God, who he was, who we read about in the Bible, killed bears and lions and conquered Philistines and all these other things that he did. Man of, after God's own heart, the apple of God's eye. Think all of these things of King David. He's the one who wrote, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He went through difficult times, didn't he? Often because of his own doing, at least the ones that we read about. Now, yes, he had enemies. Being king, he had plenty of enemies. Read the Psalms, you'll you'll read about that. But often this was some of his own doing, things that he had done. But in those moments where it wasn't his own doing and, and people were coming against him and this situation and that situation, he recognized that even though he walked through the valley of the shadow of death, that he would fear no evil because he knew that God was with him and that his rod and his staff was comforting him. That's a powerful thought. Um, 
the last time, we didn't meet this last Thursday for our men's group, but we uh, were going through this study called Be a Godly Man. And uh, as we were going through this, it was, I think Dwayne was doing this particular lesson. Uh, it taught us to put on the whole armor of God. Why would we need to put on the whole armor of God if we're not going into battle? Because we go into battle, don't we, right? Why would God tell us to put on his armor if there was never an intention for us to go into battle? You will face battles. You absolutely will. But you will be protected by God. The armor is for protection. Number seven, you are God's ambassador. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Isn't this encouraging? I mean, because we face, we face real life stuff, don't we? We face real life discouragements and um, all the things that go on. But then to be assured that God's got you in these situations... He says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. As you walk out and you face many people who are believers, maybe they've strayed away, you know, they're not in church like they used to be. Uh, maybe they've never come to a relationship with Jesus, whatever it may be. But we're his ambassadors calling people to a life with God, a life of uh, sure, struggles walking through the valley of the shadow of death and all, shadow of death and all of these things, but a life where God has called us, and when we go through these situations, here's the thing: we have the Creator of the universe that's walking with us, and so we get to tell other people, "You are God's ambassador." We get to tell other people, "Come to God." You've been given authority to represent God in this earthly kingdom. That is a big job. If you have a desk at work or, you know, title over your business or whatever, you know, um, Jerry, you could add this, whatever, Klein's Auto, we do tires and we fix your car, and we're ambassadors of God. Now, you may not physically put that on your business, right? You may not physically put that on your desk or whatever, but that's something that God has given each and every believer that you are an ambassador of the king of kings, the creator, the giver of life. What a job description that God has given to us. We reflect his glory. We have the keys of the kingdom and the authority that he has given us. That's who you are. Eighth, you are called by God. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I am a pastor. That's my title. The question I have is, am I more called than you are? Nope. What's that? Just differently. I'm not more called than any of you. Just what I do is different, right? You are called by God. I'm fulfilling, my, I'm fulfilling my assignment, and you are fulfilling your assignment in the kingdom of God. 
where my job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry and, and these, these type of things according to the book of Ephesians, you fulfill your call. I fulfill mine, you fulfill yours, right? We're all called by God. You are called. You are chosen. You have a responsibility in the kingdom of God. Yours just looks different. Than what, Doug's just happens to be at a bank rolling in the money. You're surrounded by a kind of people. You're surrounded by people rolling in the money. Yeah. Uh, Darren just happens to be at Williams making sure we have heat in our homes. All those type of things. Your call's just different. Number nine, you are anointed by God. Finally, turn with me to John chapter 2. First uh, John chapter 2, sorry. If you go to John chapter 2, it will say something crazy, a lot different. First John chapter 2, verse 27. You are anointed by God. It says, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. You've received his Holy Spirit. God has given you gifts. God has given you his word. God has given you the words to speak, the ability to speak them the ability to show forth a life in Christ, you are anointed by him. By the way, that phrase there, that you have received the Holy Spirit, that received the Holy Spirit in the Greek talks about an anointing from him. You're anointed by God. George told us two weeks ago that God will call you to something bigger than you so that he gets the glory. But here's the thing, he's anointed you to do it. God, I can't do that. How can I lead a missionary? God, I can't do that. How can I tell my coworkers about Jesus? God, I can't do that. How can I lead my family through this time? Easy. You are anointed by God. You've received the gift, so walk in that. And then finally, you will reign eternally with God. That's exciting for the believer. Jesus is our soon coming king and we will reign with him. That's our whole focus in Foursquare this year. Jesus Christ is our soon-coming king. Here's what, here's what Timothy, Paul said, told to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 2. He says, if you endure hardship, we will reign with him. Just endure while we're here, right? Not that life is all bad, because it's not, right? We're not preaching that life is all bad. But the life that we go through here, the things that we do have to endure, when we do these things, we will reign with him. As we're closing today, Miss Vicki, if you want to come on up, um, we're going to close out here. I want us to stand, and um, I'm going to repeat these. I want to reduce these uh, points down to just a couple of words here. And I'm asking this question, where are you struggling in these points? Maybe today. Are you, are you, do you have the struggle in understanding his love? Maybe it's knowing that you are chosen. Maybe it's understanding you have access to him. Knowing that you are set free. Maybe even feeling his protection. How about struggling in the area of being a representative for him? Knowing that you are called, walking in the anointing that he has given you, 
Or maybe it's the whole thing with salvation. Am I even saved? You know, have I even ever prayed the prayer of salvation? Come to church a long time? I believe the Holy Spirit, I know the Holy Spirit, wants you to walk out of here today with an assurance of all of these points. So can you just take a moment, if any of these spoke to you, and just just pray about that for a moment. Holy Spirit, will you help us in these areas? often face the reality of life and that may be understanding all of these points we understand them but we'll walk into a place and our situation and it's like how did this even happen how did I get here how did this work out understanding your love knowing that we're chosen access being set free your protection representing you knowing that we're called walking in south walking in the anointing God, I pray that as we meet these real-life scenarios, even as we walk out of here today, that we are reminded of who we are in you because the kingdoms, man, they're pulling us, Lord. We feel the stretch. We feel like at any moment we're going to break. We feel like at any moment that um, darkness, evil's going to win. But Lord, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. So Lord, I pray that you would remind us of these truths today. Jesus' name.